This Check is Brian one, two, Croft. Three. Welcome we to another edition of Trench Talk. Check one, two, three. Shepherding, and I'm joined again in one, studio. One, two, three, again by Jim. Spencer. One, two, three, Welcome. again. Good to have you again. Thanks, Brian. Good morning. Good to be with you. So, uh, a couple of housekeeping things before we get started. One is if this uh, podcast has been helpful to you in any way, please uh, go to iTunes and give us a review there. It helps us to just to grow and learn more about trying to just do do better at podcasting and having these conversations. You can also go to the website practicalshepherding.com if you've been helped by this ministry. Uh, you can financially give with the donate button there. That's that's also a helpful way to support us. And Jim reminds us also uh, of if you have questions you want us to address on the podcast, you can go to the contact page at practicalshepherding.com and write us. And any questions you want us to tackle, we'll look at those and, and try to try to do our best to answer them the best we can. So please do that if there's something you want, or you can email us directly either way. So uh, our topic today is an important one in this day and age in regard to a lot of struggles, uh, depression, sins, brokenness, uh, pain and suffering that people go through, and how do you care for people in the church when a pastor who's gifted in different ways all of a sudden finds himself a bit over his head? And how does a pastor work through that? Is a pastor supposed to feel like he's supposed to take care of everybody and has the skills to take care of everybody and all the issues that, that come with that? We want to talk about that particularly today. So if you're a pastor and you're feeling overwhelmed and even insufficient for some of the care of your people, this podcast is for you. And so just so you know, if you feel that way, there's two guys sitting here who feel this way regularly, and we're trying to sort through this. So Jim, will you set a bit of biblical context for us as we have this conversation? Yeah, Brian, what we want to talk about is really when you recognize your own sense of weakness or inability personally to be the kind of help that a given sheep or, or, or family needs, when and how do you go about seeking help outside of yourself and, and looking that for others? And, you know, the Word of God teaches us, Brian, in, in passages like uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, where there are uh, diversities of gifts, a variety of gifts that the Lord has given, and that not everybody in the body of Christ shares the same gift. And then Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 changes uh, or gives a metaphor uh, in regard to the body and the recognition there that, you know, if, if everybody were an eye, if everybody were an ear, you know, it would be disastrous. Right. And so there are things an eye can do that an ear can't do and things an ear can do that an eye can't do and a foot can do that a hand can't do. Right. And sometimes as a pastor, we want to think that we are in and of ourselves this complete body. We're the eye and we're the ear and mm -hmm. we're the hand and we're the mouth and, and we're the feet. And, and we can see everything and hear everything and speak everything and go everywhere and do everything. And that's a burden that we should not care carry because it's it's contrary to our humanity. Uh, there is a recognition in the Word of God that our ministry ought to bring us to that point where we say, "Who is sufficient for these things?" And the answer to that question rhetorically is twofold: You're not sufficient, and that's really what we're going to deal with. But it's right. also that there is a sufficiency in Christ, but you are not sufficient in and of yourself to deal with every issue, uh, every hurt, every wound, sometimes because of how many different people you're ministering to, 
But particularly, Brian, I think what we want to deal with is when there is an issue that we are looking at and we think, I, don't, I, I really don't have a clue here. And we could be ashamed of that and hide that and, and try to bluff our way through. Or we could admit that, no, this is beyond me and I need somebody else to be a help. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Because I, I know I have. Uh, mm-hmm. And what have you done to address that particular kind of a situation? Yeah, well, I think the first thing I need to say in this topic is that early on in my ministry, for, for many years, I hesitated to get other help. And that was about me. That was me feeling uh, like I was somehow uh, insufficient in my calling or I was a failure as a pastor if I could not help uh, somebody in everything that they needed help with. Were you afraid of being judged, Brian? Because in your particular situation, I know you had people that were after you. And were you afraid uh, because there's, aha, here's Brian's weakness, here's a way that we can get at him? Or was it just your own just sense of insecurity or, 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 or sense of failure or what was what was yeah, motivating it was that? all there i think there was a lot of things there that was part of it but the insecurities just just the me not realizing me not realizing and almost acknowledging my own weaknesses and that out of that i need to ask for help so unfortunately in the early years of my ministry there are, i had several reasons so i if you're listening to this and you struggle to ask for help from anybody out of an insecurity that somehow you're going to you're you're, you're going to be seen as not an adequate pastor I just want you to know I can relate to that. That's a lie, though, and that's what we're talking about. But I need to acknowledge for years I functioned out of thinking some certain counseling situations I thought I could handle, and I actually needed help with it and and, and didn't handle some things well early on. So I would say in the latter part of my ministry is where I really started becoming comfortable with the fact that I'm only gifted in certain ways, mm. and the goal is to not be Superman and solve everything for everybody, which we can't. The goal is is holistically caring for somebody in a way that is going to be most helpful to them. So yeah, we, we early on, I, I tried to tackle too much by myself. In the latter part of my ministry, we've had several, certainly several situations of you know people from suicide attempts mm. to um, just paralyzing depression to right. even personality disorder things. I mean, mm. when, when you start to realize that kind of stuff is going on, uh, you have to just acknowledge you don't have the tra- normal pastor who went through seminary does not remotely have the training to deal with that. And we've got to bring other people into yeah. it. And, and Brian, we don't want to deny in any sense the sufficiency of the Bible and the power of the ordinary means of grace to bring hope and, and wellness to people but we are recognizing and I don't I don't want to sound silly when I say this you know that but there can be the idea almost you know take two Bible verses and call me in the morning and we think that's going to be okay to somebody who's suicidal and say well I I told them that God's bigger than their problem and and they killed themselves anyway I don't understand you know right. and, and so there can be a, a naivete sometimes of the complexity of an issue that we're dealing with. Um, Brian, we talked in, in preparation that you know, there may be something of a medical analogy that we as pastors, generally speaking, are like uh, a general practitioner, or I think what they generally call an internist, mm. and then with the recognition that sometimes somebody's coming to us with a, a, a specialty. Mm. So, you know, cough, flu, 
uh, a stitch job, we're okay, but somebody comes to us and they have brain cancer, we're not going to be the one to treat them. We're going to say, you need a specialist there. And if, if I try to treat you and though you know me and you're comfortable with me and I know you and I love you and boy, I'm supportive and I want to help, it's beyond my training. It's beyond my capacity. That's wisdom. That's not weakness. I, I don't believe in that situation. I agree. And I think, you know, Jim, as we sit here, I'm glad to anybody can feel free to challenge that. I don't know two people more committed to the sufficiency of Scripture in the ministry of the Word in our local churches yeah. than you and I and a lot of the people that we are around and spend time with and are like-minded with. Right. The reality, and the reality is, is that the overwhelming majority of our pastoral care to the local church is going to be, it's going to be sufficient for us to feed them the word, walk through them with life right. and love them. We're talking about some really extreme situations that are reality to ignore that they're, that they're kind of out of the norm and very serious and life threatening is unloving to the person who's going through it. Brian, let me deal maybe with, with two issues and ask you yep. about, uh, it, it strikes me that, when we need help in shepherding, when we need help in soul care or, or really helping a person, there are two categories that strikes me that we have to deal with. And, and one of them is maybe the easier one to some degree uh, in regard to how we see ourselves, but is the issue of time constraints. Right. Um, we have to prepare messages. We have other things that we need to do. We need to care for our families and care for our our soul and you know there there are times in our ministry where we could give 40 50 hours a week uh to a variety of herding sheep and and then to do all the other things we're called to so we we just can't uh because of time constraints the other is and i'm i'm going to use a, a a word that may sound provocative uh to some people but it's incompetence and mm-hmm. and, and, and that gets to that other issue to say i have the time and i have the heart but I don't feel like I have the training or the particular way that God has put me together to deal with this. That can be the harder thing for a, a pastor to recognize and for his church to recognize and for them not to throw him out as a failure. Right. Uh, so how would you deal with, and I think I know the answer more easily to the one, the, the issues of time constraints in seeking help, help from outside. Uh, and the other where you feel you're not competent to deal with it, how do you find somebody to help? Do you find them in the body? Do you find them among your eldership? Or are there times when you go outside the body and, and, and you scramble really to say, who knows how to deal with this? So how, do you de- how have you handled that? Yeah, that's a great, it's a great question. I think the, the time constraint issue is a really important conversation because I farm out counseling to other people in our church, even to people outside of our church who are professional counsel, Christian counselors, out of recognizing this person needs weekly counseling for a long period of time, in my estimation. And even though I may feel like I can, I can, I'm competent to give it, that I don't have the time to meet, you know, so if you have 10 people in your church that you recognize needs counseling, uh, regular counseling with somebody who knows what they're doing for a long period of time, you know, I just don't have the time to, to do that kind of work. And let me just stop real quickly and ask, when that's the case and, and you have somebody meeting with that, that, that sheep uh, maybe every week for an hour or so, do they report to you so that you know what's going on? And then do you occasionally maybe 
So you might have time to give them every six weeks that they, yeah. they have a session with right. you and the other five weeks they're meeting with somebody else or, or do you give all of that to somebody else? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I'm I'm their pastor, right? So I'm going to be involved in all these situations. The, I, the question is whether I have the time to do the regular heavy lifting of counseling with them. But as a pastor, we're, it doesn't matter who it is. We're supposed to be involved in people's lives and to know what's going on in their life. And so there's some kind of arrangement with that person, whether it's the person and the counselor and you get permission to be able to talk to the counselor or what, or it's just you're, you're getting updates from that person. Here's actually an example that happened a couple of years ago that, that just to give to illustrate your point. Um, I had somebody in the church who I've spent years just caring for in regular pastoral ways. This person had a pretty much had a nervous breakdown, mm. paralyzing anxiety attacks and depression, couldn't function. You know, had had little kids, um, and so it was it was a very it was a very um, intense situation, and there was a lot going on in without getting into the history of this person and stuff but what i ended up doing is this this person for different reasons needed first to see a medical doctor which i am not okay. because there were some medical good, issues going good, on yeah. that could be contributing to the the thing she and it actually did show that okay um when you're talking about somebody who and my, this is my opinion when you're talking about somebody who needs who who, who would be helped by medication of some kind from uh, a counseling perspective, I actually recommend you know somebody uh, you know a psychiatrist who actually deals with that as he's the professional. My dad is a general practitioner doc, and I encourage him to not <laughs> to not give medications uh, of that sort. That I think a psychiatrist, a trusted Christian psychiatrist who knows how to do that and evaluate, is a more helpful way to go. And uh, and then a Christian counselor. So this person, I actually connected them to a medical doctor, a psychiatrist. And a Christian counselor to meet mm. with, and but then every two weeks I was meeting with them to get an update. Okay, and it was almost like as a pastor I was overseeing all of that care. And how long would you take with them in that situation? So I think I was involved for six months. But would you take maybe? Would it just be 10, 15 minutes of catch up? Or would no, it, be it would, an prob hour, two it would hours? probably be an hour every couple weeks okay. for a while. But see, I can manage that as a pastor and and still be able to give to others. What I don't have is is ten hours a week. No pastor has ten hours a week to give to one person. You end up neglecting the flock. In yeah, well, ways. not if you're. Not if you are uh, teaching and preaching, you probably don't. Right. So here's a question, Brian. I mean, I, I, this may not be a good thing to deal with in our podcast because I think we're smaller churches and, and we deal, you know, generally what our counsel is, is in regard to guys in smaller churches who may not have, maybe they don't have a plurality of elders. Right. And, but have you ever considered or prayed about thinking, do, do we need somebody on staff here that is available that... You know, maybe they are an elder in the church, and they maybe they do some teaching, but primarily they are they're the pastor available for counseling. Mm. Uh, people want to come to us, Brian. You know, I find here, and, and maybe you find it that it's we have true. a plurality yep. because you're the face of the church more. You're up front more. You're identified. You yep. know, and, and we both believe in you know parity of of elders and plurality of elders. Uh, if you don't know what those terms mean, don't worry about it. We can talk about that maybe another time. Uh, but we recognize that because we do teaching, preaching, that most of the people maybe want to come to us, but sometimes we need to say, you know, maybe Charlie or John, or in my case, Derek might be better, you know, to, to do this. Uh, or even have you ever said, you know what, there's a, a pastor I know 
and he's dealt with this far more than I have. I think he can be more helpful. I'd love to be there. I'd love to be involved, but I really want his input uh, into your life. Have you ever had that kind of a situation? I have, and I think to your point, knowing we're talking to guys at smaller churches, but is why I'm, I'm saying these things. And to your point, I think it'd be ideal to have a, a pastor who does majority of counseling on staff. Just most churches can't don't right. can't afford to hire that. But those churches who have that, that's that's a huge blessing. But I I will say that um, that you. To bring in other people is the key if you're in a small church with limited resources, which is what my church is. I don't have the capabilities of bringing these guys on staff. So I pour my time into trying to network with with faithful Christians who serve a faithful Christian medical doctor, a psychiatrist, other Christian counselors that you can have and build relationships with. So then you can send people to them and say, this is somebody from my church. Will you help me and work with me on them? So if you're at a small church with limited resources, the key in getting help up with other people, see if the help's inside your church. I mean, you may have a medical doctor in your inside right. your church. You may you may have a Christian counselor who's trained in those ways in your church. By all means, utilize that. But I think you have to. It's about building relationships with other people who have have training in this way. I mean, you want know you had situations like this. Will you talk about some one of the situations that you have dealt with, realizing your either whether it's a time constraint or a you just don't feel adequate for the task. How have you handled it? Inadequate's that? a nicer word maybe than incompetent, <laughs> uh, though it essentially means the same thing, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's hard, Brian, because, again, I, I think it, as, as people that want to help, and I and I, I so desperately want to help people, and it, it's very difficult when you think to yourself, I'm not really being help here, I, 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 and I'm, I can't do what needs to be done. I can't give the amount of time that needs to be given and, and sadly, what's happened sometimes in, in my situation and something I'm, I'm really working on right now and we're laboring to correct um, is that certain things just fall off the radar, you know. So maybe you've met with somebody for six weeks, but maybe they needed 10 weeks and, and they feel hurt by the fact that, you know, a, a new emergency has come along and, and, and because they don't always say, hey, you know, uh, I need your help. They just expected you to be there. Or you, they expected you to set up the next meeting or whatever, and that doesn't always happen. Uh, so what I, what I am recognizing is that I need, to, I need to keep better track on those things. I, I'm, I, I haven't been a great administrator. It's not one of my gifts, but I need to start writing these things down. I need to write down when I follow right. up. I need to... Uh, let somebody know that I that I'm here or available, or again, and then to say, you know what, there's there's somebody else in the church, and it may not be an elder, um, it may not be a pastor, but somebody who's right. walked through this. And so we have a lady in our church right now who has been battling with a form of depression very severely for for years now, mm-hmm. and I think the most helpful ways of dealing with that are, are some of our ladies and so my wife for instance uh is now scheduling regular time and they're just doing things like they're, they're playing chess together and, and right. you know so and, but just talking while they do that it, it engages uh the, you know this woman's mind uh, you know and uh so that she's able to enter into that but my wife can minister to her, her in ways that i can't uh, I, you know, I minister publicly the word. I come alongside, you know, let them know I'm praying for them, yep. hug them, express my love for them. Uh, I'm able then maybe on a 
on a semi-regular basis to get with her husband. But I've talked to the other elders about that and say, I'd like you to get with them too. You need to get with them too. Uh, and then maybe other men in the church as I have opportunity to say, hey, have you ever gotten with so-and-so? Just every every few weeks, you know, or you, would you take them out to breakfast? Would you right. uh, just spend a little bit of time with them? I think that would be a great help. Because again, it's 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 not just from the leadership that you know First Corinthians teaches. It's the body ministers to itself. There are gifts distributed in the body um, that we might be able to help and try to know and harness uh, to to move around to be of, of help to various people. Yeah, you're making a great point. I think what's what a pastor needs to hear in regard to a holistic care for people is people need to know to people need to know what lane they're in and stay in their lane. Mm. I think where people get harmed in this and again this is early in my ministry where I feel like I did harm is I was making decisions about things that I didn't have any business making. And mm. so I I mean I'm not a medical doctor even if I have a hunch about something because you know right. maybe know a little bit about these kind of things. You know you need to be really cautious and, and when a counselor, you, you mean you Googled it and it wasn't sufficient? Not quite, but you know, I mean, it's just, it's a big part of this for a pastor is recognizing the two things you brought up is really helpful. Do you have the time to deal with this? And you don't, then you need to take your time to make sure this person gets what they need with others. Find somebody that has time to minister. Has to them. the time and the skills to do it. Better that somebody else do it than they be neglected. That's right. And then the, this, recognizing our inadequacies, realizing we have some gifts and other gifts we don't. And to be honest about this, because if, we, if we're if we not aware of what those are, we're going to try to do something that we're not gifted to do. And when it comes to this kind of care, especially in serious situations, we're going to, we're potentially going to do more harm than good. So my encouragement is whether you're a church member or whether it's a pastor or whether it's a pastor trying to find other professionals and skilled train people to to help in these kind of situations you know, know your lane you gave a great example of how how in you know you don't want to just find a counselor for this person like find find ways for the body of christ to come around this person just like you articulate those small things like just having fellowship and somebody going and sitting with somebody yeah. when they're in the darkness matters right. a lot yeah, david Furman has a book called being there uh, and just the yeah. title itself kind of tells you that uh, a great part of yeah. of doing ministry, and again, not just the pastor, uh, but the body. And maybe, Brian, we need to inform the body of Christ of our limitations. And they're trying to excuse it, but you know, they can think, hey, we pay you to do with this. This is your job, and you, you should heal everybody. You should make everybody happy. And of course, yeah, I would love to do that. I wish I could do that. But we're going to face situations that are beyond our ability because as pastors, we're not only going to be dealing with long-term issues, but we're also, we have new emergencies coming along that demand uh, our attention. And, and again, because we're limited, our brains sometimes get foggy. And, and mm. the sad reality is that sometimes days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months. And somebody says, "Brother, you haven't you haven't checked on me in in, in 10, 15, 20 weeks, and you mm -hmm. and you can't believe you can't believe that's the amount of time that's gone on." Right. But sometimes that can be because there is a, an over dependence, maybe that you've you have inadvertently or or vertently mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> brought about mm -hmm. um, a dependence upon you that doesn't need to be there. There's a whole body to help minister. Uh, hopefully, again, maybe there are other pastors, but when that can't be, again, what we're saying is find that help, and maybe you need to ask another pastor. And Brian, I've done this with you because 
I haven't traveled so much in the circles, you know, where I, I know the names of, of, of people that have been trained in biblical counseling. I, I just, I don't have that list, but, you know, but you do. And so I've, you know, I've called sometimes and said, hey, yeah. somebody in the church needs help with this. Now, who would you recommend? Give me two or three names that you mm-hmm. recommend. And, and I think sometimes that's what we need to do. So as we wrap this up, if you're a pastor listening to this, I think the big takeaways <clears throat> when you're evaluating whether you have the ability to care for somebody or not, or, you, or if you need to bring up help in, evaluate the kind of time this is going to take, and do you have that kind of time? And the second is whether you're adequate for the task. And if you're not, do what you're good at in the midst of this, and then bring other people in, which means you need to take time to find others who know people, who you can bring people in for the, to, to help bring this kind of care. Recognize when you cannot do adequately what you need to be able to do. Otherwise, you will potentially bring harm to somebody with really good intentions to want to care for them. So, Jim, will you pray for pastors? This is a really hard, this takes a lot of discernment, a lot of wisdom that has to come from God Mm. in every situation that these pastors are facing. So will you take a minute and pray for them in that way? Our Father in heaven, we so desire to do good to your people, and we fear... uh, the sad prospect that sometimes due to uh, our own uh, pride or our own unwillingness to to seek help that we might actually be of a harm to our people. Our Father, we pray that you would raise up gifts uh, in our church, uh, the eyes, the ears, the mouths, the hands, the feet uh, that can come alongside where we are gifted uh, and aid us in in the care uh, of the flock. We pray, Father, that no one would be harmed uh, by our neglect or our own inability, that we would be honest with our weakness, uh, with our frailty, with our humanity. And Father, we trust you. Ultimately, these sheep belong to you. They belong to our great high priest and and great shepherd of the sheep. May, May he work actively. Uh, in each of our situations, we pray in his name. Amen. Amen.